Hello, and thank you for listening today to What Matters to Q podcast. So I'm Q, and I'm coming in today just to bring on a guest to talk to us all about being a student athlete. So I dedicated July to talking to um, people who've walked out this experience. So the hopes that I give an idea to parents and student athletes on how they need to prepare, what they need to look for from different perspectives. Everybody's is not the same. But today's guest is my daughter. Her name is Courtney Gray. She's my baby girl. And she's going to come on and talk to us today about her experience as a student athlete in high school and in college. Hello, Courtney. Hi. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. So let me say this. She is getting (laughs) this stuff straight from the hip. This is not rehearsed. It is totally organic because I want to get her true and unfiltered Um, unpracticed or rehearsed response to my questions so that my audience get a full understanding of where we're coming from in my heart in helping parents and student athletes through their process. So I want to start out by asking you um, where you are now. So you're not in your four-year college setting, correct? Correct. And you are now doing what? I am currently a business executive at an air charter company. Okay. So you spent four to five college years as a student athlete, right? Correct. And you didn't spend all of them at the same college, right? Right. You want to tell us a little bit about that experience? Well, coming out of high school, I originally attended Savannah State University for a year. I ran track there, was there on scholarship. And after a year, I realized, you know what, I kind of want to try a different area, different scope of team and coaching. So I transferred to Daytona Beach, where I went to Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, where I finished out my collegiate career and my academic um, career as well. So I want to wind it back just a little, because I want to talk about the NCAA as it pertains to Division One or Division Two track athletes. And when you initially left and went to college, you went to a what school? I originally started at Division One. Division One, and Division One and Two, they kind of mirror, right? With the NCAA, they the do. rules are kind of uh, the same. They're, they have the same requirement for D One and D Two, I believe. Pretty much. So let me ask you this: How did you gain knowledge of the NCAA rules? Did your coaches tell you? Did your school administrators tell you? Well, coming in as new freshmen or transfer at any university or any school, whether that's Division One, Two, Three, or NAIA, you have to go to compliance. And compliance is basically like an orientation of what they expect from you as a student athlete, hence student athlete. They go through all the rules, the do's and don'ts, the what you can do, what you can't do, what you can eat, what you can eat, what you can't consume, what you can consume, what things are totally not allowed, and what things uh, you might get suspended for this, but if it happens again, you will be indefinitely suspended. So they kind of give you a sit down, and they do this every year, actually. 
but they do it separately first for uh, newcomers, transfers, and freshmen. And then after that, you go with the, the rest of the student body as far as athletes every year. So there's no, I didn't know, or no one told me. Every year they have a mandatory meeting. And if you miss that meeting, you will miss uh, probably 20% of your season, or you would have to make up some type of punishment for missing that meeting because it is extremely important. But let me ask this, prior to college in high school, how did you gain knowledge about the NCAA? There were no, there was no, nothing. No, there is no, you know, how about or how to do's or to do's at all. There is no, so the nobody didn't to tell you. you. Nope. Guidance counselors and administrators did not tell you. Nope. And I, I would say that's partly because you don't really know who's going and who's not. And even if you do, you don't know where. So that's a lot of information to cover on the basis of this is where you may end up. And I don't think that's something public schools tend to think needs to be knowledgeable to incoming college athletes. So therefore, it's not a priority for people to teach their um, students that may be going to the next level in athletics. So basically, the parent and the student have to find out what the NCAA requirements are for themselves if their child plans to participate in a D1 or D2 school athletic program. Yes, and I, I can't speak for everyone. I'm pretty sure there's a coach or a program or school out there that may do that for some students given their potential. But most of the time, I don't know anyone that has had that help or leadway coming out of high school. Right. So in her case, we had my oldest daughter go before her and we had an experience with uh, not meeting the NCAA requirement, which allowed me to immediately get on top of what Courtney needed so that she could meet the requirement with her plans of attending a D1 college. But no one in the school itself or the athletic program itself tried to assure that this was going to be handled. That was totally left up to the student athlete and the parent. So that's the part I want to get clear. This is a this is a student athlete parent participation and they are responsible for making sure that the requirements are met. Right. Now, I want to ask you this. What would be the best advice you have for a potential student athlete right now? If you were talking to a group of 11 and 12 graders who plan to do collegiate sports, what's that thing you would say to them right off the bat? Right off the bat, especially on my own experiences and experience of those I want to team with, if this is not something you really want to do, or have a passion for, college will be the level where you will really figure that out. Because it's gonna test you in every area. Because it's different than high school where you have a set schedule, you have parents, you have coaches that are a little lenient. In college, you are totally on your own. There is nobody to tell you to be anywhere. There's no one to kind of really be on you. They're gonna expect you to be completely 100% dependent and it will show and it always has when you get there and you realize, I don't know if this is what I really wanna do. It's gonna right. really make or break you. And as a, a beginning in adulthood, this is the true test of this is your reality. Yeah. If it doesn't work, this is the end of that. But then you have people right. that get there and they find out this is what I want to do. And it's literally going to take blood, sweat, and my literal tears to get through it because this is what I want to do. It may not be the Olympics or the NFL or the NBA or whatever else, that top level, but it will be to finish something that I started, whether that was seven or 17 years old. Awesome. So now I'm going to go into what I call my series of questions that you're going to say the first thing that comes to you. 
so that the listener get a little bit of idea about who you are and how you think. Because I don't want them to think I'm just randomly selecting someone to come on and share information with them. We really want to see people succeed and we really want to get this information out to the right people and we want them to have um, a good running start at success, you know, uh, like a, a sounding board for success. So here we go. You ready? Yep. What age did you start in sports? I want to say about seven or eight years old. Eight to be exact, I think. And who is your favorite athlete? My favorite athlete has to be Kenny Harrison. Okay. What's the best part for you about competing? Exposure. I love to travel. Track and field has brought me to places I never thought I'd be on my own. And it's given me an opportunity to meet people from all walks of life. So I'd have to say the exposure of it. Uh, Do you have a favorite song that you like to listen to before competing? Yes. Dreams and Nightmares by Meek Meek Mills. Meek Mills. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anyone in particular that you wish could have seen you compete? My sister. Your sister. And the last thing I have for you, out of all your coaching, all your coaches, all your time spent in athletics, not just track, but your athletics as a whole, who was your favorite coach? Coach Lewis James. (laughs) He was also (laughs) my coach, guys. And he also coaches my grandson in swimming. So he has really impacted our generations. Absolutely. I mean, he has given us <laughs> a whole lot over here. But um, he coached both of my girls. So those were the things I wanted to get out today. I want to thank you, Courtney Gray, for taking time out of your day for speaking with me and my listeners. I hope we have really given them some nuggets. And I really appreciate your information and opening up and sharing with us today. Thank you, listeners, for coming on. Please share this podcast with anyone you know that has student-athletes that are uh, thinking about competing at the college level. Next week, we will have uh, my godson, who also competed on the collegiate level, um, Kieran Hall, will come on and share with us. So I'm really excited about that. And we will close out with another one of my girls, um, coaches, who also competed with me. He will close us out in this series, Coach Byron Copeland. So thank you for listening, and I hope you guys come back and tune in for weeks to come. Thank you, Courtney.